everyone and welcome to another episode of From the Lighthouse. We have a really special um, episode today for you. Um, I teach a unit called Engel 303, Narrative in the Novel, and I have one of my most fabulous and talented students, Alice Kuzmenko, here today um, to present a creative podcast that she wrote for an assessment as part of this unit, for which she received an excellent mark. So without further ado, here's Alice. Good morning, bookworms. If you haven't heard of Jane Austen, I don't know where you've been. She's a 19th century novelist often credited for inventing the modern novel. In today's podcast, we'll be discussing Jane Austen's Emma. Jane Austen typically divides readers. Some worship her and would devour a book like Emma in the window seat of a coffee shop or in a park bench during spring. Others just aren't that interested. I'm a literature student and a writer myself, so I can't help but be interested. Having said that, Emma is not a book I'd rush to reread. If you're looking for an Austen novel to start with, I'd suggest to look elsewhere. Published in 1815, Emma is set in the country town of Highbury in England and follows protagonist Emma Woodhouse. Austen introduces Emma as handsome, clever and rich, but doesn't hesitate to detail her flaws. Emma is obsessed with interfering in other people's lives, particularly in a romantic sense. The main victim of her desperate matchmaking is her new naive friend, Harriet Smith. According to a Guardian quote on the back of my Penguin edition, everyone loves Emma. I wish I could agree. Don't get me wrong, Jane Austen has a style I envy. Writers can learn a lot from this literary genius. Despite the book being written in third person, we learn about characters and events through Emma's consciousness. If you can't remember back to high school English, this is called free indirect discourse. Nowadays, this isn't a big deal for writers, but Austen was the first to use this technique in the literary world. On the small scale in Emma, every word matters. Choose a sentence at random and it will probably give you goosebumps. Take this one. To speak, she was sure, would be to betray a most unreasonable degree of happiness. Now, it's not as if Austen uses complicated words with betray or happiness. She just knows exactly when to include and where to place simple words to have their desired effect. Notice also how the sentence is narrated in third person, but reveals Emma's inner thoughts. She doesn't want to betray her most unreasonable degree of happiness. The happiness would probably be unreasonable in her eyes alone. In terms of craft, Austen knows exactly what she's doing. On a larger scale, not every word, conversation or event in this book matters. My edition of Emma is 508 pages long, and I can't help but feel that it could have been half that length. Mute me to avoid a spoiler, but the novel closes with Harriet marrying the, first, the man she first fancied 500 pages prior. The man whom Emma dismissed. At the end, Austin writes, it was all as it should be. Essentially, we've read an entire novel to end right where we started, all because of Emma's deluded naivety. Whilst reading, don't be surprised if you feel an overwhelming desire to shake Emma. I know I did. You can't escape Jane Austen or her legacy. For that reason, even if you don't think her work is for you, you never know unless you try. Emma can make your relationship with Austen or permanently break it. Pick up a copy and challenge yourself to find out. Until next time, bookworms, happy reading.